Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Michael Pelka. Michael Pelka. On Talk Radio 1210. WPHD. Welcome back. Here we are. I, I was just here not that long ago, Saturday night. We... We wrapped up 2023 together on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Happy New Year. We are here. We made it to 2024. And I actually made it to midnight last night. I know I was saying that, you know, usually my wife and I have a nice dinner. Uh, We watch a little TV, then we fall asleep, and then we wake up at 1130 and ring in the New Year together. Last night, we made it to midnight. And then at 12.05, scurried off to bed to go to sleep so I could get up, have a reasonable amount of prep to kick off the new year with you as the first live voice on uh, Talk Radio 1210 WPHC. Honored to be here. No kale and company till 10 o'clock. It's me and then uh, Lou Pate's going to be here. And uh, Dom, Dom is a warrior. Dom Giordano, he is the greatest and he's going to be here live as well. And then later today, 3 to 7 p.m., I will be back live for Zioli. So, Zioli Show Army, be warned. There will be a four-hour show today live and local, and we'll get into it. Now, uh, addressing the elephant in the room, it's not me binging on uh, holiday feasting. No, no, no. It's yesterday's game. I'm sorry. Everybody needs a hug. I know. And it's weird for me because this this diehard Chicago Bears fan who's just had the crappiest season, we actually won a game yesterday against the Falcons, and the 3-12 and Cardinals come into town and beat the Eagles? It was crazy. Well, I know a lot of you are saying, no, it was the Zebras that beat the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's fair. I really think that's fair. I've, I've watched that play, as you probably have, over and over and over again. I'm sitting there going, really? Really? You let Greg Dortch pull down Ringo? Uh, and then you call it the other way? It, it was wrong. And you know it's wrong when when the, even the, the leftist website Drudge is posting it and saying the referees changed the course of the game, which they did. So I feel bad for the Eagles losing four of the last five. There's still a shot, but was really creepy, and I hope it's inspiring the Eagles. I hope the Eagles fans are inspired when you see the reaction from the 49ers. The 49ers were coming off the field, and uh, they actually stopped in the hallway underneath the stadium to watch a cell phone of the uh, broadcast of the end of the game. Some guy was holding up a cell phone. And there's Asante Samuel go, yeah, because now they're the, I guess they're the number one seed. And uh, then I watched some of the Cowboys reactions too. So I would use that as inspiration. Look, the season ain't over. And uh, if the Cowboys beat the Commanders, I'm sorry to go all sports radio. There's a whole bunch of politics to talk about too. But if the Cowboys beat the Commanders, they clinch the East. And they're 8-0 at home. So that's a, that's a tough thing. But I'm just going to throw in one weird observation because I'm not a sports pundit. You never see me posting predictions and gambling suggestions like Nick does all the time. I, I, 
I don't know where he has time to do all this analysis, but it's pretty in-depth. But uh, the the first half, when the Eagles were ahead and, and looking pretty good, but they only had the ball a fraction of the time of the Cardinals, I said, you know, if the defense gets tired, that's not good. And that's kind of what happened. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eagles fans. Uh, I'm sorry. I think you got scarooed by uh, a guy wearing a striped shirt with a flag. Or was it the woman? Was it the female ref who threw the flag? Because I saw the ponytail out there. And I've I've never had a, a gender question on whether or not somebody could officiate a game. I just always worry for the small people and the old people. Uh, walking around that field with those 300-plus-pound monsters. Anybody who's uh, uh, over the age of 40 and uh, under under like 150 pounds, your life is in danger if you got caught between two of those people. But whatever. Yeah, the, the refs. The refs controlled the game yesterday, the outcome of the game. Really was kind of frustrating, irritating. Sorry. And you want to be you want to be frustrated? You guys are in the playoffs, my Bears. Uh, we finished the uh, the the game seven and eight, and uh, got knocked out of the playoffs. The Bears won a game yesterday against Atlanta, seven and eight, knocked out of the playoffs. I think uh, Atlanta is seven and eight as well, and I think they're still in it. So it doesn't make any damn sense to me. Or is that Green Bay? I can't figure it out. Uh, anyway, we have a lot to get to today. As I said, New Year's Eve, relatively uneventful. I was worried last night that we would have shenanigans as uh, the protesters, the people that hate Israel, the agitators were taking to the streets. They took over Boston Common in Boston. They were marching up 6th Avenue in New York City towards Times Square, but didn't see them in Times Square. And I watched, I watched some of the torturous programming from uh, ABC with uh, Ryan Seacrest, and we'll get to that because Joey Biden was on that program. And then I watched a little bit of the uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy What's-His-Name broadcast, which, you know, that CNN used to have an actual really kind of a fun New Year's Eve. I'm throwing the penalty flag on CNN. It's not entertaining in the least amount. My wife and I spent most of the night watching the uh, streaming marathon of The Office. So uh, we didn't watch it all until, you know, the top of the hour. We tune in to see shots. And by the way, if you're in Times Square on New Year's Eve, you know the story of everybody's got diapers on because there's no bathrooms. And you're also not allowed to be drinking. They made it an alcohol-free zone. Unless your name is Anderson Cooper or Andy What's-His-Name. Because they were allowed, and we're doing shots at the top of every hour. Tequila shots. And I do believe they're drinking. Somebody's somebody's probably going to say, Mike, you're nuts. They're not drinking. No, they wouldn't do that. Of course they would, because they're privileged. They're different than you and I. They, they don't have to follow the rules. Do I have to remind you of the French laundry syndrome during uh, the uh, pandemic? Nancy Pelosi at the beauty salon. The governor of Illinois flying uh, his wife uh, via his private jet to Florida when everybody else had to stay home. Yeah, these are privileged people. 
If you're a liberal, if you have a D after your name, you get to do whatever you want to do. And they were doing it last night. And uh, frankly, the other end of CNN's mess on New Year's Eve, A, it's not funny. It's self-serving with Andy What's-His-Name. I'm intentionally not saying his name because I loathe the guy. I think he is a grinning weasel. But anyway, uh, everything we saw last night was a plug for Las Vegas. I don't know if anyone else noticed it. Whenever we tuned in, okay, now we're going to cut to such and such casino where somebody's going to do this trick. And then David Blaine doing a card trick. And then we're going to cut to such and such casino across Vegas to see uh, Carrie Underwood or somebody do a song. It was all the Vegas Chamber of Commerce last night. So CNN should be transparent and say, our New Year's Eve show is brought to you by the Chamber of Commerce of Las Vegas. I just wish that these news organizations, CNN, etc., would have also given us a little credibility and said, hey, while we've got a million people here in Times Square, there are a million people here. It was reasonably warm weather last night. Face it, it's been a kind of a warm winter. Uh, a million people here. We are watching a group of protesters trying to invade this space. Had they gone down to uh, a, a 15 blocks south of Times Square, they would have seen this massive group of protesters marching up 6th Avenue, and they actually went into Macy's and threw smoke bombs yesterday. You don't think that's newsworthy? They're just selling out. There's nothing going on. And then the only person who appeared to have uh, at least any interest in, in some kind of news was Ryan Seacrest. I know. God forbid I said that out loud. Seacrest had a brief live interview, and I think it was live. It appeared to be live with uh, Joe Biden from his St. Croix vacation estate. He's staying at the home of a very wealthy, very wealthy friend, donor, who has also complete control over a company that delivers news to 800 organizations, including the Associated Press. So, no, anytime uh, we say that the mainstream media is in bed with the Democrats, uh, we don't have proof. It's just Joe Biden every year spends New Year's with his family staying in this massive estate that's uh, owned by a guy who controls the news feeds to 800 news organizations, including the Associated Press and ESPN and God knows who else. But, yeah, Joe and Jill were there, and um, there was uh, – there were some stupid things said. I know that shocks you. That shocks you. So we will get to that. I will play that for you. We have to talk about that. Uh, Joe's Joe's first statement. It wasn't of the new year because it was pre-midnight. Joe's last statement of 2023. And we'll, we'll play that for you. Uh, Joe Biden with uh, Ryan Seacrust. Uh, other things going on. Um, major media seem to be. Uh, all focused on a tsunami in Japan. There was an earthquake, 7.5 magnitude quake, and uh, doesn't seem to be any major loss of life or buildings crumbling. We're seeing a lot of shaky camera work being fed to us. And uh, about an hour ago, they were warning, they were warning uh, that uh, we were going to have a tsunami. There's going to be a tsunami hit. 
and that they were saying a major tsunami, like 15 feet of water coming ashore, which is bad. And I'll tell you, uh, six inches of water in your house does as much damage as two feet of water. You get six inches of water and all the drywall's wet. It's as, it's messy as two or three feet. You might as well have three feet. But then an hour later, they lowered it to just a tsunami warning. And now it's just like, hey, we might have some waves. Not really. I'm diminishing it. But they're obsessing with this. Why? Because they don't want to cover everything else going on. Over the weekend, meaning uh, the last day and a half, American military, our military, took out some boats from the Houthis. The Houthis, which is a a rebel organization sponsored by Iran, was firing on a Maersk ship, one of these giant cargo ships that comes through the Red Sea, delivering goods, obviously, to the rest of the world. They, um, They were firing on the ship. They sent a missile in the air to that ship and then attempted to board it. And U.S. attack helicopters sunk three Houthi ships. American attack helicopter. So now America, once again, protecting the world from these jack wagons. American helicopters took out three Houthi craft. Now, when you say Houthi ships, you're probably talking about Boston whalers with 50 caliber guns welded to the front. But still, we've actually done some damage. And uh, this has got to be sort of a warning to Iran. Cut it out. At the same time. Israel's moving thousands of troops out of the central portion of Gaza to the southern portion of Gaza as the shift happens. Did I just say shift happens? I did. Uh, in, in the southern portion of Gaza, and they're focusing on eliminating, finally eliminating Hamas. But they're telling us this still will go on for months. So you had a, um, a quake in Japan, it's a pretty big one, 7.5. Doesn't seem to be any major damage that happened about 4 o'clock this morning. You have a uh, tsunami warning, but it doesn't seem to be anything like the one we had, uh, what was it, about 12 years ago in Indonesia that killed 230,000-plus people, that massive tsunami that was so frightening. Uh, but this is a shaky, shaky, and then a bunch, of, a bunch of waves coming in. We'll keep an eye on it if there's anything there. And uh, Joe Biden on, uh, with um, Ryan Seacrest. Just got a message in here. I also want to give you a little news alert. News alert. 9.15 today. Uh, our buddy Rich Zioli, for whom I will be substituting this afternoon, 3 to 7, right here on Talk Radio 1210. Rich Zioli is scheduled to be on Fox News this morning, an hour from now. 57 minutes from now, actually. Uh, Rich is going to be on there, and I believe they're going to be doing a blood alcohol test on Rich to see just how long alcohol stays in your system after a night of celebrating. That may or may not be true. I'm not just making that up. But uh, we will get to that. Also, I want to talk about targets for the new year. Look, we're 309 days away from a presidential election, from a complete election of Congress. The House uh, is totally up. The Senate, about a third of the Senate is up. Now, based on all reasonable estimates, we have a chance, we conservatives have a chance of reclaiming control of the House, putting the lizard king Chuck Schumer on the sidelines, 
and uh, getting some sanity back into lawmaking in D.C. But it, it requires we have to have the House and we have to have the Senate. And on top of that, we really need the presidency. So we'll talk about what's going to happen in the next 309 days. I'm very excited to see that Pennsylvania is is leading the GOP in, in getting new GOP voters registered. And a lot of that credit goes to our friend Scott Pressler, who's going to all gun shows. That's what he's up to. So Iowa caucuses, less than two weeks. Uh, I, I'm kind of eh about the Iowa caucuses. Why? Why, why do I care but don't really care about the Iowa caucuses? Here's a little statistical thing for you. 16.77% of the winners of the Iowa caucuses actually go on to win the presidency. It's one of those things that, you know, we, we all get excited about it because we haven't done it in a while. We haven't had a primary in four years. But this one may not actually be the indicator people think it is. So you can be excited. I'm not. Uh, What else do we have? I want to talk about central bank digital currency. I know it sounds really wonky, but the left is attempting to force all of us to get rid of cash. They want to have us on a digital currency where we no longer have cash in our hands. There's a big problem with that. We'll get into it. It might be a little wonky, but I think I've got a way to explain it to you uh, quite clearly. Also, Russia is now mocking Joe Biden. They put out a two-minute video, kind of like their version of SNL, called Project Grandpa on a Leash. They're making fun of us because this guy is such a clown. So we'll, we'll have to cover that as well. And Tucker Carlson has a warning. That after the left has tried to get rid of Trump, what have they done? They've attempted to keep him off the ballots. Yes, we know about the, the state of Maine, the state of Colorado, et cetera. We know about all of that. Trying to keep him off the ballots. Uh, looks like they're, they're not having that work. And uh, what's the next thing? Well, I think they're going to charge him with insurrection. But Tucker's worried about an assassination attempt on Donald Trump. Dramatic? Yes. Probable? Let's hope not. But is it possible? Yeah. In this environment, anything is possible. Remember, after the Supreme Court decision, after Roe v. Wade, you had people travel across the country hoping to assassinate Supreme Court justices. You know how crazy these people are about Donald Trump and his increasing power. He is like Godzilla. You hit him with electricity, he just keeps getting stronger. All right, we've kicked off the first 22 minutes of the year live and local here on Talk Radio 1210. You, of course, are welcome to join the conversation with any predictions going forward, any crazy New Year's traditions you do on this day. We will have collard greens and uh, black-eyed peas in our house because I spend a lot of time in the South, and it's good luck. So we'll do that. You're welcome to uh, join us with yours. 855-839-1210 is the number. 855-839-1210. And if anyone wants to make a prediction, we're looking for predictions about what Rich Zioli's blood alcohol content will register when he's on Fox today at 915 and he takes the test after a night of partying. It's Mike Opelka with you. Happy New Year on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. I did something very stupid 23 years ago. That's it. Uh, fire away. Yeah, that's Joe Biden uh, with the uh, press conference that didn't happen. Usually, the end of the year, the president of the United States would actually hold a press conference. And if there is one thing Joe Biden is, that is he's consistent. Another year without a press conference. Third in a row. And it's beginning to wear him down in the ratings, I think. I think, but it could be wrong. I, I will tell you, I'm watching the various polling as well as the betting odds. I really think you should keep your eyes on the betting odds. Uh, the betting odds, the gambling. When people put money down, they tend to spend a little more time trying to make a reasonable decision. But uh, the Rasmussen poll that shows Joe's favorability is on the rise. Well, that's a little concerning. I have said for months now, I don't think that Joe Biden or Donald Trump will either be the candidate when it comes to the election day. I think uh, Biden's going to have to be taken out by his party. And I think uh, the Democrats are also trying to take out Donald Trump. And so we'll see what happens. I want Trump to be my president again. I crave Donald Trump and his policies returning to the White House. But there is such a coordinated effort against him. And it also involves the uh, Department of Justice, and it's blatant. We'll get into that. There's more uh, DOJ blatant favoritism happened on Friday. A lot of Friday dumps of information. Uh, The DOJ decided, remember that little weasel Sam Bankman Freed? The guy who scammed all the people with the cryptocurrency and was living down in the Bahamas in some kind of a uh, weird Gen Z commune setup, and it was uh, beanbag chairs and and uh, computer geeks, and they were trading in cryptocurrency, and they had billions, billions that they were moving around, and and he got convicted. He's currently serving time for his conviction on the criminal scamology that he was inflicting on people. He was also. He was also supposed to be going on trial for some serious campaign finance violations that appeared to, you know, verge on uh, bribery. Here was a guy who was giving millions and millions of dollars predominantly to Democrats. He gave so much money to Democrats that it was um, it was almost on the Soros-like level. And speaking of which, he was the second largest Democrat donor in the last election cycle, uh, ahead of George Soros, uh, right behind George Soros. It was Soros and then Sam Bankman-Fried. So he was facing some pretty serious charges. And on Friday, the DOJ announced, no, nah, we're not going to pursue this. We're just going to drop this. Why? Why? Because he's already in prison? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, you should have been charging him even with even more shenanigans, even more illegal stuff. And I guess they're afraid that if we bring out the evidence, you'll see which of the Democrats were involved, who was in bed, who was this close, and I'm holding my thumb and forefinger really close together, who was this close to Sam Bankman-Fried, currently elected officials, 
So that's not happening. They just kind of slid that off the table on Friday because everybody was out of town. Nah, nah, they're not going to do that. Nothing, nothing to see here. Keep moving, people. Keep moving. Yeah, it's, it's irritating beyond anyone's expectation. Uh, but I talked about Joe Biden's poll numbers. And Rasmussen is showing that Joe Biden's favorability is on the rise. Now, Rasmussen, typically a, a, a conservative-leaning polling group. So when you see a conservative polling group telling you, hey, people are telling us Joe Biden isn't as evil as, uh, as we think. That raises my spidey senses and my antennas start twitching. Well, uh, Steve Kornacki, he's the, um, the numbers geek over at MSNBC. He had out his big board over the weekend. And uh, they even have the Decision 2024 graphics up now. You know, now that we're into 2024, they've got those graphics out there. Kornacki had his sleeves rolled up, a la Jim Jordan style, no jacket. And he was ready to get into it. He's been tracking Biden's uh, job approval rating in 2023. Check this out. How about the Democratic end of things? Joe Biden seems poised to be the Democratic nominee. What kind of year has he had politically? Well, again, he started 2023 coming off those good midterms for Democrats. And his approval rating, you know, 46.50, wasn't that bad. But it's taken a hit this year. And as we start to close out the year, our final NBC poll had him at just 40% approval, 57% disapproval. How does this compare to past presidents entering the re-election year? Here you can see it. Here's the 40 that we have Biden at right now. These are all the final polls heading into the election year, re-election year that NBC conducted. You just see all the recent presidents. Look, Trump got beat in 2020. He was at 44 heading into his re-election year. Bush Sr. got beat in 92. He was at 52 and heading south rapidly uh, there. But you see how that number compares. That's the lowest. That's the lowest in an NBC poll for an incumbent facing a re-election year. The lowest, the lowest polling numbers going into a re-election year for any president in NBC polling history. Yeah, that's uh, that's troublesome for the Democrats. And you wonder if if these uh, if these signs are starting to uh, build up now, all these polling polling results are starting to give the Democrats more agita. I don't know. Especially when you look at what's going on with the Rasmussen poll. But uh, Joe Biden uh, in the Bahamas, not the Bahamas, he's in the Virgin Islands over the holidays again. How many Americans do we have currently being held hostage? We've had two dead Americans now in the conflict, uh, the terror attack on Israel by Hamas. Two dead Americans, maybe eight more being held hostage, and the president isn't really talking about it. Hasn't held a press conference, hasn't addressed it, hasn't told us I'm working every day to get them back. Every day that should be the first statement, but no. They're down in the the Virgin Islands on the waterfront, which leads me to believe that he's probably not that serious about getting reelected. Probably not. I could be wrong. But uh, Joe Biden, as I said, did not give the urine press conference, but he did. He did spend some quality time with uh, Ryan Seacrest, who now hosts uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve or whatever it's called. And forever remembering Dick Clark when they used to have an actual kind of entertaining show 
It's uh, it's pretty boring, if you ask me. But we did a um, a live satellite feed, which probably could have just been a Zoom meeting to St. Croix. And uh, we were able to um, witness, live on camera, the serious journalism that ABC News likes to share with us. Remember, ABC News, currently the, the highest-rated network news television show, broadcast network news television show, uh, didn't get the interview with Joe Biden. They gave it to Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure he's a fine man. But it's not the uh, biting political chops that we wanted in there. Uh, And uh, here's Joe sharing with us some of the inside scoop from his life in St. Croix. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. I've been eating pasta, which I love. Yeah. eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. Now, how to deal with this? First of all, the question is absolutely insane. Uh, what are you eating now? Hey, what are you having to eat there? Uh, any of us who've had parents go through the transition from independent living into assisted living, which is painful. And when you go and see mom and dad or your uncle or whomever is now in the care of 24-7 assistance, knows these conversations. Because this is the question you ask to a patient or a resident of an assisted living facility. When you say, hey, are you eating enough? Because we all know that when when mom or dad stops eating, it's a bad sign. It means they're on the downslide. They're slipping and sliding away. So this just put this into perspective. Forget this is the president of the United States. Think about this as the son coming to visit Pop Pop or the grandson coming to visit Pop Pop at the assisted living facility. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. I've been eating <laughs> pasta, which I love, yeah. eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah, that's, curious. A, that's, that's the assisted living facility helper, letting, letting us know that, uh, Joey's also been eating ice cream. Oh, and he, he loves his ice cream. If he eats his vegetables, he's going to get a good scoop of ice cream. Chocolate chip. It's embarrassing. There's more embarrassment, too. More embarrassment. Uh, but let's uh, let's pause for a second to talk to one of you uh, calling in Jim from Wilmington, Delaware. Hello, Morning, Jim. Mr. Pelka. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. You've, you've caffeinated already. You're, you sound like you're all, all jacked up. Are you, have you been up all night? No, sir. Uh, I actually uh, babysat my uh, my wife and I, our 10-month-old or 10-week-old uh, grandson, because my uh, son and wife had a wedding to go to. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this your first grandson, Jim? No, it's actually it's the first with uh, my son. I have uh, three others uh, that are with my from my daughter, but oh, some was a little bit trailing uh, my daughter in age, like by seven years. But that's yeah. okay. That's a, this, yeah. this is yeah. a, it's it's got to be exciting, Jim, for you to see your son 
then have a son, and now you have a grandson from your son. That, how does that make you feel? Uh, it's it amazing because uh, we're you know, spouting out all these instructions. And, okay, so everything that we were doing was wrong. But I was like, who is this man? <laughs> He's like, okay, make sure you give him the bottle this time. You know, make sure you change him now. It was fantastic. That's, but, um, that's uh, great. What's on your I'm mind? Calling, uh, Sam Friedman isn't in jail yet. I don't know why they put sentencing off, but it's March 28th is, is sentencing. Um, oh, thank but my, you. I, my question. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. My, my question is like, does he have to give that stolen money like back? Because I remember Bernie Madoff, like, you know, they have someone go after all his assets. And like, if you give money to a charity, they go back after it and say, that guy gave you money that wasn't really his. You got to give it back. So is, does that happen? To- yeah, you're right about Madoff. And, and in fact, the um, the Madoff group that went in and tried to reclaim some of the assets from Madoff and get some of that money back did pretty well. And they, you know, then they distributed it to the victims. In this case, I think they're doing that. Part of the problem was where the money was. And cryptocurrency is also a problem as well. Uh, but he had mm-hmm. they had the um, the prosecution had some cooperation from some of uh, his cohorts. But also the Bahamas made life tough for um, America in prosecuting him because there was a fight over assets. I don't know exactly where it stands now, but I know there were some wrangling back and forth about who's going to uh, benefit from this first. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. all that money was down there. And I'm sure the Bahamian government was thinking, hey, we're taking this money. This is is in our country now. But there there probably was a little bit of diplomatic pressure put out there to say, yeah, hold on a second here. Uh, he was scamming all these people. I, I just wonder about, I, I know there were lawsuits against some of the celebrities who did Super Bowl commercials, and thankfully it looks like all those uh, actions were dropped because I don't think those people knew he was such a scammer. I don't think Shaq had any idea. But it uh, I didn't know it was March 28th. The last time I saw him, he was in a he was in a prison jumpsuit, so I thought he had already gone in. But thank you for the clarification. So uh, you said March 28th is when he's supposed to check into prison? That's the sentencing date. Oh, mm-hmm. sentencing date. And they'll probably take him right yeah. away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know court, why he's... That's the BBC. He should be in mm-hmm. custody. The guy should be in custody now. He's such a weasel. Uh-huh. But I, I can't believe that all the Democrats who got money from him are now not going to have to deal with all of that money being posted because, you know, I would have been talking about it every day. How much Maxine Waters got, how much how much the Biden campaign got, I, how much Chuck mm-hmm. Schumer got. I think it's important, but uh, yeah. it's just going to go away now until we get and a new you, president. You, you mentioned all those people, the celebrities that uh, got defrauded by Freeman. And it's kind of like funny, like Taylor Swift passed on it. So here you kind of have, you know, you think, uh, you know, here goes my uh, prejudice, like uh, this dumb blonde, you know, passed. I mean, obviously she has people, you know, but but she passed on that. She got out. She she wasn't involved in that uh, controversy. Well, I, you know, for all the hate against Taylor Swift, 
Um, I'm not Swifty. I don't have a single Taylor Swift song in my uh, iTunes library or any of my various music libraries. But I respect the lady. She's a business person. She writes a lot of her own stuff. Uh, she seems to be uh, pretty level-headed, aside from, you know, she did yeah. have a kind of a bad record with men. And I actually, I actually hope that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift stay strong as a couple. I think that would be kind of a cool thing to see. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind seeing her at the games. I just mind when every time she's at a game, we see more of her than we see of the players. It just that that just yeah, infuriates I, me. It's like enough. They make it. They make all that money on the, uh, you know, on the concerts. It's not really, you know, on the the selling of the the you know the CDs. But um, they then she was bright enough or someone, you know, to just film that and then they turn that into a movie. So you know they have literally like a. A, a, a zero cost of, you know, uh, producing a movie, and you know it's making a billion dollars. Yeah, and you didn't have to pay writers. You didn't have to pay because right. that's expensive too. You didn't have to travel all those. You were going to all those cities anyway, and now you get to yep. deliver the concert experience. And if you've been to an IMAX theater with a good sound system, you know that it's like being there. It's not the same thing, but it's pretty darn mm-hmm. good. Uh, Jim, you, so, you are the first. You have the honor of being the first caller on WPHT so, in in 2024. So you and from called, the first state, <laughs> uh, in the first state, yes, sir. That's right. I'm I'm a neighbor. You know, I'm a North Wilmington guy. But uh, yeah, I'm so, right behind the Silverside Swim Club. Oh my know. gosh, I know where you yeah. are. I know exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you at the Acme sometime later. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay. Uh, you take care, and thank you for taking my call, and uh, Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and yours and that beautiful new grandson. That's that's great news. It's Mike Opelka. We are uh, kicking off the new year. You can make a prediction. You can share uh, a story. You can also uh, call me out. Like Jim corrected me. I thought SBF was behind bars. We have more from Joe Biden, mumbling, fumbling, bumbling, stumbling, plus a a couple other New Year's moments. And I I was looking over the uh, VIP resolutions for New Year's. I don't make them. I don't make them. But Travis Kelsey has said, uh, I'm not eating bacon anymore. I'm done eating bacon. You want to bet that uh, maybe Taylor Swift told him he's done eating bacon? I would bet that's a pretty good chance that's how that happened. Plus, I have a Don Lemon's statement about the new year, his prediction. I didn't even know Don Lemon was still drawing attention. It's Mike Opelka and uh, in for Kale & Company, the abbreviated version. We're here till 10 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. This is the Kale & Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Happy New Year. Mike Opelka with you live and local on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Sitting in for Kale & Company, an abbreviated version of Kale & Company today. I'll be here till 10 and then I return at 3 p.m. for Rich Zioli. And I'll kick off the Zioli show for the year. It's kind of cool. I get to be the... The first live voice on the station this year, 
And uh, then I uh, get to come back for Rich. Always enjoy being here. These audience members, smartest ever. And I know because I'm all over the country. Uh, checking in on social media, I noticed our friend Richard Nataro, President for Life on Twitter X, if uh, you were wondering. Uh, makes a prediction for 2024, since we're welcoming predictions. Uh, the president for life says, my prediction for 2024 is I will imbibe three or four bottles of 12-year-old or older single malt scotch, two to three of vodka, and at least 40 bottles of red wine. It's going to be a happy new year. Now, um, I, I think that's a that's a, a, a good goal. A very good goal. I, I used to be a big single malt scotch guy. I've, I've kind of drifted over to the Bourbon Academy, but I also endorse the red wine. A glass or two of red wine a day, according to our friend Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic, is good for you. It's very good for you. You just have to make sure you don't overdo it. You know, the, the uh, healthy, healthy red wine. Also dark chocolate, good, 70%. Uh, the uh, president for life also wants us to know that he resides in the first state, specifically Claymont, Delaware, about five times a year in the um, in the beautiful, the beautiful co-op building known as Total Wine. He's, he's there about an hour each time. Yeah, I understand when the pandemic ha- happened. You remember the pandemic? Anyone old enough to remember the pandemic? I am. In the pandemic era, many people who live in the state of Pennsylvania drove south on I-95 to uh, take advantage of the tax-free situation at Total Wine and Liquors just over the over the state line there in Claymont. It's a big store, huge store. But there was a time when we had these crazy restrictive policies where you weren't allowed to drive into the state unless you had one of those permits. Can you believe if we go back and look at some of the ridiculous, um, the the restrictions we put on people, the ridiculous restrictions we put on people, we were telling people from Pennsylvania and Maryland and New York and New Jersey, you can't drive in Delaware unless you have a permit, unless you have an actual permit to allow you to be here, meaning you're, you, you were considered to be uh, vital. You were considered to be. It's so insane what happened. And so we actually had uh, Delaware State Troopers who were parking in the parking lot of Total Wine and Liquor watching for people from out of state. And then checking their IDs to see if they were, in fact, legitimate. Are you allowed to be here? What are you doing here? What is your purpose here? Uh, I'm I'm down here because I I need some vital liquor. I'm a vital person. No, no, it was crazy, and we have to make sure that doesn't happen again. And one of the things that concerns me about that happening again is the push for this digital currency, and we're going to talk about that next hour. The central bank digital currency that is being foisted upon us. It's not here yet. Uh, Europe is kind of the uh, test case. Europe appears to be the uh, the the lab, if you will, for trying to push everybody into eliminating cash, eliminating currency, and making us all use a digital currency. 
Uh, I'll play you some of the clips from some of the people affiliated with the World Economic Forum. And um, the the great, I I I'll I'll get in trouble if I start talking about this here. I need to temper myself because I'm very mad about this, very frustrated and angry about all this. We will we will jump into this. But what what they're doing, what Klaus Schwab and the people from the World Economic Forum and Christine Lagarde, the head of the uh, European Union Central Bank, are planning on doing is nothing short of a complete takeover. Of all of our lives. Does that sound a little too dramatic? A little too over the top? Trust me, when you hear what they're planning on doing, you'll say, okay, I get it. I get it. I understand completely. Uh, But but let's get back to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., our president, who spent, uh, I think it's between 35 and 40 percent of the past year on vacation. And on vacation in the homes of very wealthy people, for example, his buddy who owns the mansion on uh, not Martha's Vineyard, but Nantucket Island, where he has gone for for Thanksgivings for several years. This guy's a wealthy donor and he lets Joe and his family stay there. And you and I pay to fly Air Force One there to kick out all that evil weather changing carbon pollution. And they stay there in this giant mansion owned by a wealthy Democrat donor. And now Joe is back in uh, St. Croix, staying in the oceanfront property, and it's got a huge outdoor swimming pool as well. Oceanfront property of a guy who, um, very well-connected Democrat donor. But uh, Joe was on, as I said, uh, with uh, Ryan Seacrest last night on uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' America, New Year's Eve, whatever it is. Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. And we'll get to what Green Day did later as well, because Green Day took some shots at you and me last night. Yeah. Uh, ABC is not uh, not without blame. They're like CNN. They're out there trying to help the Biden campaign. That's why they had Joey on. But uh, Joe really was not ready last night. We witnessed the last brain malfunction of 2023, I think. I think this was the last one. Uh, Just enjoy. As you look back and reflect on 2023, what sort of of memories, highlights stand out for you? I'm sorry, but I have to jump in here. I wonder if Joe has any memories or did they actually have a mini teleprompter there for him? So uh, what memories do you have? And there's probably a cue card board there right behind the camera. Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, Joey, your job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. I got to stop him here. We're only like six seconds into this answer to a question about what is your great memory of 2023? And like Grandpa Simpson, he he wanders over to my dad. The thing he said about the job's a lot more than uh, dignity. Follow, diagram this sentence. The nuns would have had me at the at the chalkboard trying to diagram this sentence. It's insane. Big highlight stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, "Joey, your job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect." So many people through the Midwest and and in the center of the country, their their factories are shipped overseas the last couple times out, and and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now. 
and uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. They're- we got up. The American people got up. Well, they got up because that's what America does. But uh, you're part of the problem. You knocked down the American people. I've got more from Joey. There's more from Joey's New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Plus, as I said, uh, I'm really trying to make it a major case against digital currencies. I want to do the great resist versus the great reset with the American. the Ameri- Make America great again and resist the World Economic Forum. I'm working on the slogan. I'm, I have a new branding for the Democrats, too. I'll unveil it next hour. And uh, uh, don't forget, Zioli's on at 9.15 on uh, Fox. I think he's going to be doing a blood alcohol test, and he's going to be in a, in a sauna sweating out last night. It's Mike Opelka. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and the free Odyssey app. 2024, and we're live and local. It's Michael Pelka in for Kale and Company. An abbreviated version. We had a an early best of, 6 to 8. And then I've been here since 8 o'clock. And at 10 o'clock, Lou Pate is here. At noon, Dom Giordano, the great and tireless Never sleeping Dom Giordano will be here. And then I'm in for Rich Zioli at 3 o'clock. 3 to 7 today. And we'll try and get to everything. There's a lot of news bubbling around the the world of news and information. And uh, one of the stories that I, I think we should be paying a lot of attention to is uh, that uh, we have engaged our military. The U.S. military is now running protection through the Red Sea. We had a ship from the Maersk shipping lines. If you've ever been down and seen the the big uh, cargo containers come in, you've seen Maersk ships, I'm sure. Uh, We spend weekends down, down, down in lower, slower Delaware on the Delaware Bay. And uh, yesterday we were standing there looking out over the water And there were seven cargo ships lined up on the way out of the bay. And I recalled to my wife, I said, you know, during the pandemic, there were zero. And now we saw seven. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of shipping going on. It was going on yesterday, too. But these Maersk cargo ships come through the Red Sea as well as 10 percent of the world's oil comes through the the Red Sea. And uh, tensions between... The uh, the the Houthis, who are backed by Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas, all against Israel. Anything that's doing business with Israel is at risk. And uh, these these idiots, these Houthis launched a rocket, a missile at a ship, a Maersk container ship. And the United States attack helicopters, our military, took out three of their ships. Which earlier I said probably like Boston Whalers with 50 caliber machine guns welded to the bow. Uh, we'll see if there's any video of that. Usually we have video when our, when our airships are on attack. So hopefully we'll get to see some of that. Uh, Israel is also moving its 
attack into southern Gaza because I guess that's where they believe the Hamas, the Hamas leadership, at least the ones that are on the ground there in the Middle East. are. I, I know the, the big wigs in Hamas are all in Qatar, which also makes me angry. And as, while we're on the international roundup here today, China and its president, Xi Jinping, announced that um, that the reunification would take place this year. So little news to everybody in Taiwan. Uh, you're, you're on the list, the to-do list for Xi Jinping. Whether it's going to be a military takeover or something else, uh, I don't know. I should play for you a clip. I talked with the expert in this area, uh, our, our buddy Gordon Chang. I talked with him uh, last year, I can say that now. I talked with him uh, days ago about what's going on in China and uh, wh- what's going to happen because uh, he he keeps a close eye on this. And the Taiwan elections are just around the corner. China thought about going in militarily, but now they have a plan to do kind of a soft takeover by utilizing um, the power of the ballot. Uh, we'll get to that later this hour. I want to talk about some of that. Uh, also, uh, which which presidential candidate has it right on China? Which presidential candidate? I asked Gordon Chang about that as we look at the uh, the GOP. I'm not talking about Joe Biden. He's compromised on China. We can't even get there. But which GOP presidential candidate has it right on China? Well, let's figure it out. This is Gordon Chang. He's a, a great a great guy to follow on social media, Twitter X, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. Don't just go to the other one. Go to Gordon G. Chang. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. I asked him last week, which GOP candidate has a right on China? I think that if you look, Trump, Haley, and DeSantis have much better China policies than the other ones. Um, you know, the question is, what are they going to actually do if they're elected? You know, and we've seen Trump. I mean, and clearly Trump in office was great. He didn't go as far as I would have liked him to go, but got to remember that he started the process of delinking from China. He started the process of putting America first, not China first. And these are really important moves. So, you know, Trump does have a record, but you can say that what Haley and, and DeSantis have been saying about China also is good. Well, good is not great. As the old saying goes, good is the enemy of great. So we're we're looking for great. And hopefully we'll see great again and making America great again. And speaking of which, I said this uh, uh, just a few moments ago. It appears it appears that the uh, the fear of a Donald Trump presidency has once again infected the minds of the liberal left in the music business. Last night, some of the aging pop stars, Green Day, they were on uh, live with Ryan Seacrest. On, uh, on the, they keep calling it Ryan Seacrest New Year's Rockin' Eve. It's still Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. But they did a live performance, and my wife and I were actually grazing the channels last night hoping to find something interesting in New Year's Eve coverage, and also concerned that 
that Times Square might be overrun by the Palestinian protesters. They got to Macy's. They threw some smoke bombs in Macy's, but that's it. They didn't make it all the way up to uh, Times Square. So kudos to the NYPD and the Joint Terrorism Task Force for preventing these jack wagons from getting there. But uh, Ryan Seacrest tosses to Green Day and their performance of um, their their old hit, which I think is like 20 years old now, isn't it? God, are they on classic rock now? Uh, they look pretty old on stage. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong changed the lyrics to American Idiot to show us just what an American idiot he is. Check it out. So I'm not a part of the MAGA agenda. Oh, that'll get everybody changed in their votes, won't it? Pitiful. Pitiful, pitiful, pitiful. Green Day last night on the on the, the Dick Clark rockin' New Year's Eve. It, it's sad. I'm not a part of the MAGA agenda. Loser. Don't give him any of your money. That's the way to avoid it. Don't give him any of your money. I know a lot of you aren't, so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, the other story that's still bubbling today, the border. I believe the border is going to be a major difference maker in the election. Now we had, uh, I guess the news said at the top of the hour, 300,000, a record-breaking month coming through. And I keep asking people, where are these folks going? Where are they ending up? I know that Texas and the Governor Abbott are making changes because they're sending some of the millions of people who have crossed into that state illegally around the country to sanctuary cities, sent some here to Philadelphia, sent a bunch to New York, and sent a bunch to Chicago. It's a sanctuary city. If you don't want people to come there and ask for sanctuary, then you need to change your designation, Mayor. But Mayor Brandon Johnson, he can't believe it. He's overwhelmed now. Now you know what it likes to. Now you know what it feels like to be on the border, Mayor. And uh, he's blaming Texas. He's overwhelmed, and now he's he's deciding to call the governor of Texas a confederate. He's trying to make this like it's a civil war thing. What is very clear is that not only are we providing uh, mental health related services as well as vaccinations and health screenings and providing um, medical health care for these families when they arrive, the moment they get off those buses, we're not seeing that same treatment at the border. In other words, there's no health screenings, no vaccinations. That process at the border is absolutely raggedy and, and reckless. But we cannot have a governor who decides that he's going to uh, yeah. cling to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis when we should be uh, pulling to the hopes and aspirations that were left by Frederick Douglass. We have to have a coordinated response to this humanitarian crisis. We cannot allow chaos to dictate and to divide mm-hmm. this country. So interesting. The last statement, we cannot allow chaos to dictate and divide the country. I think we can agree on that. But who's causing chaos? 
who's causing chaos? He's blaming the governor of Texas when the governor of Texas has merely shipped a few busloads, a few dozen busloads, to uh, to the sanctuary cities. Now, do you expect the border towns in Texas that have 20,000 people to handle millions of people crossing the border and and they're not sanctuary cities and to deal with them, giving them health screenings? He keeps kind of proudly saying, hey, we give them health screenings. We give them vaccinations. That's the problem. We don't know who's coming in the country. We have no idea who they are. They don't have IDs. They don't have any medical records with them. We don't know anything about these people, much less talk about their criminal records. CBS reports that we're on on track for a a, a huge record crossing. And uh, interesting number here. New Customs and Border Protection data obtained by CBS News show that agency is on track to process more than 300,000 migrants an all-time monthly high. That includes record numbers of families and children. Meanwhile, cities, states, and federal law enforcement report being overwhelmed as the ripple effects spread from border communities to all across the country. Good, good, because that may wake up the White House if these Democrat mayors are screaming and crying, which they are. Brandon Johnson overwhelmed, says it's dividing our country. But what we can have um, is um, a a governor in the state of Texas um, acting the way he is acting. And quite frankly, the rogue buses that are being dropped off across this country in the middle of the night, leaving people with with no uh, real support at all, no coordination with the local municipalities, that type of chaos is, is certainly dividing our country. Well, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome. Yeah, they just don't get it. They don't understand how silly they sound. Absolutely ridiculous. But that's Democrats, you know. We should understand that. We we shall understand that together. Uh, I do want to get into a couple other... I, I think these are big topics going forward, looking ahead to uh, 2024. I think we need to understand what the World Economic Forum is trying to do. They're trying to foist their uh, agenda, control agenda, on all of us. And one of the things that they want to control is your money. And if you're not aware of, of how the World Economic Forum plans to control your money, I'll explain it to you. Uh, we'll also lament again how the refs took one away from the Eagles yesterday. I, I know it's criminal. It really is criminal. <laughs> somebody should, somebody should have to pay for that. Uh, and the Eagles are the ones who ultimately paid the price yesterday for that horrible call, horrible call. I can't believe that uh, the, the uh, missed call. What was his name? Greg Dorch, the guy who pulled down Ringo and then, Ringo got called for pass interference, which tr- totally changed the outcome of the game. There's no way to, to argue it any other way. Completely changed the game. And I'm a Bears fan. So uh, I've certainly had some bad days at, uh, at the stadium here. But I can, I can stand up and say, you guys got screwed yesterday. We'll get into that. If you want to join the conversation as well, uh, 855-839-1210. 
It's Mike Opelka on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Hang on a second. That sounds like Green Day. I'm throwing a penalty flag there. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, timeout. No, 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 no. You, you might as well play Springsteen on the morning show or for Zioli. No. Pause. Stop. Stop. No more Green Day. Jim Kelly, shame on you. No Green Day. They just they just slammed us on the New Year's Eve on national television. I know that. You're just trying to get me angry, aren't no, you? No, we're just going to play all the... Uh, in this hour, we're going to do a tribute to all the acts who slam us right now. So maybe I will play Bruce Springsteen coming back out of the next break. Why? That's only going to put money in their pockets, feather their nest. I disagree. I I, I am throwing the penalty flag on you, Jim Kelly. Okay, I, throw the penalty flag on I am. You. I mean, what... What would Mark Levin's reaction be to that? Mark Levin would say, look, who cares what Green Day thinks? Who cares what any of them think? Who cares about New Year's Rockin' Eve anyway? Hasn't been good since, like, the 1980s. That's right, I said it. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Levin and Mr. Kelly. That's great. Yeah, get off the phone, you dope. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's... It is the first day of 2024, 309 days away from a presidential election, the most important presidential election of our time and probably of our country. And I I say that because I, I believe drama is needed. We need to wake everybody up. Uh, The rest of the world, I believe, has plans to take us down, not the complete rest of the world. But a bunch of them. And I'm looking over at the World Economic Forum and these these clowns who are aligned with Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates who want to change everything to create a global community. And they want to do it starting with the money. I know they're trying to say that, yeah, we have to use the climate agenda, which we all know is a scam a But they're going to try and say because... You know, you just don't want to carry around cash anymore that we need to get rid of of that pesky currency. We need to stop with you having access to all the things you've earned, all the money you've earned by eliminating cash and creating a digital currency. The digital currency is problematic for me. I I don't like it because of what it gives the government. And that is that awful thing called control. You don't believe me? Well, they're talking about it. They're actually out there telling everybody that, well, once we get the digital currency in there, we'll have control, complete control. We're not talking about China here. We're talking about the nations of the European Union. The people in the European Union who are saying, well, you know, Uh, By the way, today's the actual anniversary of the introduction of the euro as a currency for all the European Union nations. Uh, It happened back, I think it was 1999. And uh, so this is important that not not even 25 years later, they have decided to get rid of actual hard currency and replace it with a digital currency. A digital currency. Just just think about that. It's not something you can actually have and hold. It's something that they will be able to have control over 
because they're the ones in charge. The president of the European Central Bank is a woman named Christine Lagarde. And she was on German TV, uh, not German TV, Russian TV on Christmas Day. And she was talking about the digital euro that they're moving forward on. But she also said the quiet part out loud when asked about the digital euro and what it's going to probably do to you and your freedom. Because trust me, the left is monitoring this. They're thinking, wow, we could control everybody's money. Oh, tell me more, Christine Lagarde. And here she was on uh, Russian TV day after Christmas, not that long ago. You're introducing the electronic euro, as I know. Yeah. So yeah. How, can I, um, how can switching to an electronic currency help? Now we. Before she talks, that guy sounds a lot like Zelensky, doesn't he? He sounds like the Ukrainian leader. He's not as a Russian guy. But he's, he's asking, how can, how can digital currency help? Now we have in Europe this threshold above 1,000 euros, you cannot pay cash. If you do, you're on the gray market. So you take mm-hmm. your risk. You get caught, you are fined, or you go in jail. So if you spend cash, basically over a thousand bucks, the euro is pretty close to the dollar. It goes back and forth a little bit. Maybe it's twelve hundred US dollars. If you spend over a thousand euros, based on the controls they have now, you could be jailed, fined, or jailed for using cash. And why? Why are they doing that? Because they want to know where you're spending your money. They absolutely do. She did this interview. It went viral. And people said, no, no, we're not doing that. You're not going to have control over our money. So they rushed out a, a very professionally created video of the same woman now in a studio. She was talking from home earlier on a video conference. Uh, now she's in a studio with lighting, and she's got a suit on, and her hair's all quaffed out. And uh, she's talking about how uh, the digital currency is, is coming, but, you know, cash is here to stay. Don't anybody panic. The digital euro is on the move. Yesterday, the governing council of the ECB approved the opening of the preparation phase. It will be a journey, and we will walk the journey together with the legislator. All European institutions will be involved to make sure that Europe is equipped with the currency of the future. Who doesn't want the currency of the future, right? Isn't that what we all want to be part of the future? We all want to be part of the future. And she's smiling and trying to make us all feel happy about it. No, ma'am. Cash is here to stay. Is it? You will have all options, cash and digital cash. So what does it mean for you? For consumers, it would be free and easy to use everywhere in the euro area. So they're going to make it hard to use cash. She told us yesterday, the day before this was made, she told us that if you used more than a thousand dollars, thousand euros, that you would be subject to jail time. They're not telling you the truth, is the reality. They're not not being honest with us on this. And uh, for more backup on this, 
the general manager of the Bank of International Settlements, which is a central bank for other central banks. It's a clearinghouse for the funding coming through other central banks. It's kind of like a huge central bank. Uh, This guy, Augustin Karstens, was, again, saying the quiet part out loud as it relates to digital currencies and what they will be able to do if you can't have cash anymore. We tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, For example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, A key difference with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. So he just said... uh... They're looking at this down on such a low level. They're looking at it all the way down to a $100 level. That these people who will set up these giant computer systems to track everything down to $100 spent in digital currency, 100 bucks. And if they see you're spending your $100 too many times at the uh, liquor store, or maybe you're buying too much red meat. Or maybe you're traveling outside the 15-mile target zone because they want us all to live within 15 miles. It's a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. But the World Economic Forum is intent on testing this out first in the European Union. And you know they're looking here. Our, our central bank, our Our Treasury Department's already looking at creating a U.S. dollar digital currency, and it needs to be fought. And we need to be active in telling our elected representatives, no, we're not doing this. Now, there are people who are standing up and kind of telling the truth on it, as I said. Like this guy, Eswar Prasad who tells the truth in saying that the digital currency will be programmable. It'll be able to allow governments to dictate where, when, and by whom money can be spent. The money you earned with your labor. If you think about the benefits of digital money, there are huge potential gains. It's not just about uh, digital forms of physical currency. You can have programmability you know, um, units of central bank currency with expiry dates. You could have, as I argue in my book, a potentially better, and some people might see it, or a darker world where the government decides that units of central bank money can be used to purchase some things, but not other things that it deems less desirable. Yeah, uh, hello. Yeah, that's already in place. China's already doing it if you're... If your social credit score is not good, you can't live in a certain area. You can't ride the good trains. You have to go on a bus. You can't fly a plane, uh, take a plane trip. This is what this is about. This is about control and enforcement. He said it, frankly, right there, and he's kind of smiling, saying, well, it's going to give us programmability on this. And the other side of this is, is about personal property. And oh, they don't want us to own anything. They want us to be little ants in their giant ant farm. 
And they're using now younger people to push their their ideas. This is a uh, World Economic Forum young global leader named Ida Aukin, who's putting out a sales pitch for how you should live without anything. You don't need to own anything, do you? They're saying that they're telling us exactly what they're doing. They're not afraid of us anymore. That's why I'm really trying to rile everybody up. 2024, I'm determined to make sure we get the House, the Senate, and the White House back, and then we stop these kinds of people. Every product is a service waiting to happen. If you think about it, I mean, your cell phone, why, why do you want to own your cell phone? Does, how, how many of you own your cell phones? How many knows if the company owns it? It's actually not a lot. I mean, you want the, you want the function, you want the service, right? Why do you want to own a cell phone if you can just lease it? And if you lease, why, why shouldn't you lease your refrigerator or your washing machine or your dishwasher? Or why do you want to own it? I mean, why do you want to own it? They're, they're against the concept of personal property. And if you start with this, if you start with leasing your phone and your refrigerator and your stove, it means that who's ever leasing it to you will be able to control it. Turn it off, prevent it from being gas, restrict its use at any given time. And they're, as I said, they're using young, attractive people to push this. Like the plastic in the middle is like, you, I own a, a broke dishwasher. I mean, wow. No, why don't you want to go into a business model where the company owns it? You know what happens when the company owns it? Actually, they can bring down the prices because they don't have to buy new metal and new plastic. They design a much better product. It lasts a lot longer if they have to pick it up when it breaks. Yes, because we know that central control of things like dishwashers and refrigerators and cell phones will lead to just more efficient and cheaper stuff. Does nobody remember the 60s in the Soviet Union? Did nobody go back that far? I did, paying attention. I I know I'm really caught up in this, but I think it's really important for us to say no to the World Economic Forum. It's, It's going to mean the end of freedom and liberty. And the people behind it, they're not hiding it anymore. They're not afraid. One of their leading voices is a guy named Dennis Meadows. He's part of the Key Club of Rome, and and he's one of these people who wants the World Economic Forum to, to uh, push their climate change agenda, their control agenda. And it means restricting you, you in terms of what you can do, freedom, and uh, also uh, staying alive. The ultimate goal here is to reduce the size of the planet and population. Currently, about 7 or 8 billion people on the planet. China's got just over a billion. India's got over a billion. We've got 330 million. But there are a lot of people on the planet. Are we overcrowded? I don't think so. Not if you look at it from a realistic standpoint. Yeah, some cities are pretty crowded. Mexico City's crowded. It can be really crowded in New York City on New Year's Eve. But I don't think we're running out of room. But they're telling you that what we're doing to the planet with having a 7 billion people on the planet is ruining it. They want it to be a lot smaller. In one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported 
by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. Huh? I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way. I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy. No, it's not going to mean everybody's happy just because you want to take 7 billion people and reduce it to 1 billion people. That's 87.7% reduction in the population. And not everybody's going to be happy because a bunch of those people are going to be dead. But what they're targeting at the end of it is what's really disturbing. What they want at the end of it. And they're starting to tell us the quiet part out loud. But it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for. Yeah, sure. Uh, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people. So we have 7 billion. This guy wants it down to a billion. He says the planet can't support 7, 8 billion people. They were, they were, we're absolutely ruining everything. So he wants it down to 1 billion. That's his goal. That's his idea. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe 2 billion. Oh, so depending double. On how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to. to so you can go from a billion to two billion, but you're going to have to give up liberty and personal consumption, which takes us back to the attractive young lady who says, why do you want to own anything? If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. That's unfortunately... You never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So so they want a billion people, and maybe you got the freedoms you got now. Maybe not, because they want digital currency, or two billion, but you're going to have to give up some liberty and some ownership of personal property. Or we can go to eight billion, which is kind of where we're right now or just about to get to, but you have to have a dictatorship. But it's got to be a really smart dictatorship. We just don't have really smart dictators in history do we no all right i'm taking a break when we come back uh i see the phones are lining up we'll go to the phones just around the corner i'm here till 10 o'clock then lou paychecks in it's michael pelka kicking off the new year on talk radio 1210 wphd this is the kale and company podcast from talk radio 1210 wphd and on the free odyssey app I feel like I'm in a 70s disco New Year's Eve revival. Well, this is exactly where this is from. It's from the 70s. Oh, when they were taking all classical songs and all oldies and disco-fying them. Disco-fying them. Saturday Night Fever-a-fying them, yes. Hmm. Speaking of Saturday Night Fever, I hope you guys saw the um, Capital One commercial with John Travolta's Santa Claus doing the opening of Saturday Night Fever. And I think it also includes Donna Pascal, the woman who was uh, his dance partner in the movie. I think she's she's still with us. This is one of the best commercials. I'm not plugging Capital One. I'm not a client, a customer, or I, I don't even know if I should be a fan or not. But I just watched that commercial 
with Staying Alive and Travolta as Santa. And I thought it was I, a I very clever this. I haven't seen this. Oh, you you got to look out for this one. It's pretty. Somebody will I'll tell you. And there's a couple versions. The long one is they get through almost the whole damn song. Really? And he he ends up walking the streets of Brooklyn in the Santa suit, just like he came out of the paint store. But uh, then instead of getting a slice of pizza, he gets a Christmas cookie. But uh, it, it's really good. And it ends up on the dance floor at, uh, I forgot the name of the disco. And I used to know this, the name of the disco. He's on the lighted dance floor doing the moves. It's really good. So kudos. I, I pay attention during the commercials. And you should, too. Support our sponsors. If they, if they, honor, the, if they honor the movie, as you say, then, yeah, wh why not? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. There, There's a little Capital One logo in the back, a neon logo in the club as he's dancing, but it's very good. Could you and watch the hair? Do I watch what? Oh, yeah. Could Go watch my hair. hair. I, I work hard to get my hair like this. Do you hit my hair? Very good. Very good. Well done. Uh, the phones have been ringing today. We appreciate it. Glad you're out there. Uh, we We wanted to make sure we kicked off the new year as live and local as we can be. And we're glad you're joining us. Let's go first to Bucks County. Kevin's in Bucks County. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, sir. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year from the Kingdom of Tulsa, <laughs> if you remember. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I'm, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So HunterBidenSucks.com. <laughs> but um, I think I think what really irks me this is, and I don't have many pet peeves with respect to. Uh, grammar but it's this is a very tricky neurolinguistic programming thing that really just gets me when and it's only pay attention when you see the news even someone in the morning that reports the news misappropriately uses the word worker instead of employee yes and what is the first word in the communist manifesto workers, workers of, the, of the, world the world unite right yeah, and I think it is such a subtle, but yet effective. It it, dem it demoralizes, it dehumanizes us. Now I can see when you use the, the term workforce, but when you say workers, it, it makes it, it dehumanizes us. And I think it's it's just. But the media uses it all the time. And if they were to switch back to employees, it it, it wouldn't be as subliminally combative. You know. Well, I I, I wonder. If it is well, it's got to be intentional because as someone who came out of uh, a media operation, when you turned in your homework, when you turned in your draft to the the copy editors or to the editor online uh, who was online that day, they went over yep. every word and and talked about is this the right word here. So you're absolutely yeah, right. I, I do copywriting. I, I and and it's just that that term worker is is my only real pet peeve. That just drives me nuts. It is so, like again, subtle yet effective, you know. So yeah, yeah. It's, so happy New Year. Yeah. Ha happy New Year, comrade. I mean, yeah. well, I will be, citizen, yeah, comrade. I will. I will be. Uh, I will be emailing you. I got some. I got some uh, ideas for you for the New Year. So, well, thank you. I'll All be in best. again at three o'clock for Zioli today. Yes. Yes. Who just, oh yeah. You know, and RichStockerSucks.com too. So. Oh, very good. Very. Oh, oh. <laughs> I will support that till the end of time. Greg well, Stock. Just... The, the, yeah, the Rich is the only one I have. The only sucks. Actually, takes you to the direct uh, interview where he, 
the greatest interview with uh, Rich and Trump at the uh, USMCA agreement. Um, oh, wow. Directs right to that thirty, yeah, right to that thirty-seven minute interview. Wow, so. I love. See, I love this audience. They're smart and they they keep the uh, station alive and they keep these moments alive. That's excellent. That's excellent. What what a great treat. So if you go to ziolisucks dot com, which uh, I I just love saying that on the radio because I know Rich is listening <laughs> as he's leaving Fox this morning. Yeah, he, but, he's, I'm sure he's not happy with me doing it, but but he's, there's been plenty of times where they kept repeating, you know, Greg Stocker sucks because Greg's getting a rile out of it. So, and uh, I picked that up, and like I said, Hunter Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Anthony Fauci is in one I own, which is a really good one. Um, and uh, the uh, Maisie Hirono takes you to uh, Tulsi Gabbard's uh, homepage. Wow, so Crazy Maisie takes you to Tulsi Gabbard's homepage. If, is it MaisieHironosucks.com? Yep. Yep, yeah, they're all just whatever name and sucks, uh, John Fetterman. That might change the redirection because of his re- local stances lately, how he's been more, you know, typically old school Democrat, you know? Um, yeah, so, yeah. He's you'd, you'd, you'd appreciated before how, how my redirects are never ill, but just funny, you know, like the Hunter one. Yeah, it's, a, it's to, uh, the Godfather, too. It's all about trying to get people awake, and comedy is a great way to do it. And uh, you get it, Kevin. You you completely yeah. understand it. That's excellent. So I'm I'm glad yeah. that you're having success with that, and I'm glad you're not stopping because 2024, like I said, 309 days, and we got a lot of work to do. It's going to go by in a flash. Oh, so, yeah, uh, I got a list of like 20 more to buy. So I'm looking for donations, a dollar to two dollars. I don't care. I got to keep these going. <laughs> well, if you guys like these, this is a good a good cause to support. Skip a latte for a day and support comedy. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big yeah, fan. Thank you, Kevin. domains lists are long. Yep. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, brother. Uh, let's bounce up to Frank in the Northeast. Hey, Frank. Welcome. Hey, Mike. It seems like just the other day I was talking, but also it seems like it was a year ago. I'm not sure what's going on, Mike. Yeah, I know how it is. You know, last well, night I was thinking, I looked at my wife and I said, I can finally relax. We have enough money to get through the year. <laughs> barely right, barely right. <laughs> Barely. That lady, <laughs> that lady that was saying about leasing things, this and this, I don't know who she is, but too many politicians, like crazy Bernie, members of the squad or whatever they're called, they're leaning more towards socialism without saying it or communism. It's not a good way of life. I had family in Cuba. My dad's from Cuba. He left before Fidel took over. Some stayed. It's not good. It's free health care if they get to you. <laughs> they don't get to you. Well, you know, Frank, if you look at it, you're using the Cuban example, which a, a lot of the the Bernie Sanders and AOCs of the, of the world in our government point to that and say Cuba's got, you know, free health care. They, they also mentioned Canada's health care system. And I started looking at the Canadian health care system because I have a buddy who's a, a doctor in Canada, but he comes to America every October and works in America, he would go south. He was in Houston. He would work in uh, in Houston from October through uh, January. And why did he do that? Because the Canadian healthcare system typically ran out of money in October, and he couldn't really handle it because he wouldn't be getting paid for the work he did. So he would shut down his office in Canada, open an office in Houston, and do do great work there. Because he could get paid by the American uh, insurance companies. Canada's wait for a visit with, to a doctor 
if you had a problem, if you hurt your knee and needed knee replacement or even just like an MCL surgery, uh, Canada's wait to see your doctor is now at 24 weeks right now. Think about like- that. If, if you hurt yourself today, you would have to wait 20, that's six months in order to get to a doctor. That's crazy. Hey, Mike, uh, that got a little worse. My brother-in-law is from Canada, Toronto. Mm. Um, he came here 30 years ago and stayed here. At that time, free health, he said it wasn't bad, but if you want to see a doctor, like you got a fever or cold, stomach bug, three months, three to six months. <laughs> Same well, that's thing. where, that's where it is now. Unbelievable. That, that, well, the Canadians are also, frankly, Canadians also have assisted suicide now. And uh, they say that the, the wait to get an assisted suicide appointment is like a week. But the wait to get a knee replacement is at least five months. So what, what are they trying to point people? They're trying well, to point to people to leave. I changed my mind. I want a new knee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I'll deal with the pain. But see, ultimately, if you connect the dots on this, Frank, what, what's at play here is the effort to reduce the population because they're making it easier to take your own life than to fix a broken knee. And, and therein lies the ultimate goal. Plus, it's cheaper to give you the suicide pill than it is to replace your knee. I saw a post on uh, online, and I know the guy who had this quadruple bypass. It happened in the last couple of months. And uh, the Citizen Free Press Twitter X account posted this guy's hospital bill for a quadruple bypass. It was $1.2 million for everything, for, for the operation, the ICU, the hospital stay, everything. $1.2 million charged the insurance company. They negotiated it down, I think, to five hundred thousand. His part of the bill was two hundred dollars, two hundred bucks. So, you know, we we have a system here. Uh, granted, it may not be the best system, but you can at least get the care. You don't have to wait six months to get an appointment. That's what's going on in Canada, and it's even worse in Cuba. And uh, we have to make sure we fight to go forward. I'm almost out of time here. I, I got to hey, keep rocking, though, Frank. But thank you for Mike. being there, buddy. Keep repeating what you're saying because Americans don't get it. They think free is free. No, it's not. Keep repeating what you repeat what you're saying. And happy New Year. Take care, Mike. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Kevin uh, in Bucks County, who we talked to just a minute ago, was mentioning uh, Fetterman, John Fetterman, and I thought I had this Fetterman clip here. Oh yeah, this was Fetterman, and we talked about the uh, the numbers of people crossing our border. Uh, John Fetterman. Talking about the border again, I'm I'm kind of freaking out because I'm agreeing with him. If you look at the the numbers, it's almost 270,000 encounters, and that's uh, that's a lot. It's not uh, xenophobic to have a conversation about border security. It's not xenophobic to have a conversation about border security. Is he a blue dog Democrat? If you don't know what a blue dog Democrat is, you ought to look it up. Look up the guy Zell Miller just died in the last couple of years. Zell Miller was a Democrat out of Georgia, but he was a guy who would agree with me on the Second Amendment, who would agree with me on smaller government, who would agree with me and you on securing our borders because that protects Americans who are working in this country. And uh, I think that it's kind of amazing that Fetterman, who we all thought was a hoodie-wearing progressive, may have had an awakening. 
Uh, it's just fantastic. Hopefully it'll stick. We'll see going forward. We'll keep an eye out for him. I have, by the way, made a very serious request to the Fetterman office to see if he'll join us. It won't happen today, but it might happen in the near future. I've offered to drive to Braddock to interview him at home. He doesn't even have to leave home, and I, I won't even do it on a Zoom. I would do it in person. If he wants to call, we'll do it. I have so many topics I need to finish later today. I'll be back at uh, 3 o'clock today in for Zioli, 3 to 7, so please join me. And uh, Lou Pate is in for Dawn, who's doing the Mummers Parade as we speak with the Lair Bear. And then the great, the guy who never sleeps, Dom Giordano, will be here at noon. So it's Michael Pelka, live, local, and I'm sure by this afternoon I'm going to be livid right here on Talk Radio 1210. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Kelly. Appreciate you being there, and hopefully you will be back too. Opelka, out. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.